Hello and welcome back to the Sports with Shibs podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Shibilski, a.k.a. Shibs. And we have made it to a Friday, folks. Happy Friday to everyone out there. And I have a special episode. I am joined with one of my very good friends from high school, Zach Fonder. Hello, thanks for having me. Of course, Fonder. Uh, Fonder is at Ripon College right now. He's uh, here for the weekend. And a little backstory about Fonder is that he is a huge Dolphins fan. So we're going to get some insight on the Dolphins at Bengals, uh, a little review of the game. So as a Dolphins fan, what did you think? I think our defense gave way too much up. I mean, last year we were really dominant. That was under Flores, but now it seems we're more offensive. Like heavy? Heavy, yeah. And that with Tua getting hurt, Teddy Ridgewater, I don't feel it can carry the weight of Tyreek and Waddle. Too much superstars for a backup quarterback. Well, he could. Right? They yeah. would just have to change the offense a little bit. Yeah, I mean, they have this rookie, Skylar Thompson, who I'm really high on personally. And a lot of – I read on the internet a lot of Dolphin fans are also high on Skylar Thompson. He came from Kansas State. He's re- He looks really good in didn't, preseason. Didn't Jordy Nelson come from Kansas State as well? I think so, yeah. I think I think he did. Um, but, no, so uh, you mentioned Tua and Bridgewater. So it seems like when I watch the Dolphins play – and from the clips I've seen online, it seems that when Tua plays, it's more of a deep ball game, right? Yeah, yeah. definitely. And with Bridgewater, uh, when he was with the Vikings and when he was with the Saints, uh, he had more accustomed uh, offense to him, where it was more slants, mid middle uh, field throws, not really deep ball. So do you think that McDaniel needs to – change the offensive uh, scheme to fit Bridgewater? Or do you think they need to just go and do what the Packers are doing, become a run-heavy team? I think they have the capability of being a run-heavy offense. They have Gaskin, Edmonds, and Mostert. I mean, all three really good running backs with Ahmed, who was a shining star last year. But I think they don't really need to change it. I mean, they have superstar wide receivers. They can – and Tua – so far, we don't know anything besides just a concussion. That could be a week or two. But it was a pretty fatal concussion. It was. Because uh, from as we keep hearing more reports, right, uh, Tua was at was at the game uh, two weeks ago against the Bills. Yeah, that was a week ago. Right, the Bills? I think it was a week ago against the Bills. Well, I'm considering this oh, a week. Okay. So yeah. uh, a game, I suppose, two games ago, the yeah. Bills, and he got rocked pretty heavy. Uh, there was a clip of him stumbling, uh, looked very uncoordinated, uh, for say, and a lot of people thought he had a concussion, and the Dolphins didn't clear him, like didn't check on him at all. They just thought he was fine because that's what they thought, when in reality he gets hit even worse, and it wasn't even a bad hit. No, like He wasn't. just hit his head bad, like whiplash, and then he, uh, seizing up, uh, what was the term that you said? A fencing position. Uh, I'm going for athletic training at Ripon, And it was, we talked about it today because it's big in the news. It's fencing position. That's when you hurt your brainstem. And then that's the body's reaction because it's going back to as a baby. You fence to protect yourself. And it's called a fence position, fencing position, because you're trying to keep your face and your head from being injured more. And that's what Tua was doing. It was scary to see that. Uh, I watched the game live uh, on Amazon Prime. Yeah. 
and he was in that position. His hands were above him. He was laying on the ground, and I thought for sure that he uh, was paralyzed for a minute there. I was scared, like, what happened to Ryan Shazier? Yes, precisely. Uh, And the weird thing about Shazier is that he was completely healthy when when he got hurt. But Tua, however, was not. And I was looking it up today, and I thought that, uh, like, taking more precaution of looking at it more, like getting more information on a subject uh, because we didn't have all the answers last night. I thought it was uh, SIS, uh, second impact syndrome. Yeah. And it seems like that's what they're calling it right now, uh, where he was concussed in the game and it impacted the second impact really hit him so hard that it caused him to go in a paralysis state for a little bit so that he could uh, pretty much, like, recharge. Yeah, I, I could see that. I mean, the brain is a very complex and complex and fragile organ. And, I mean, concussions are – they're common, but the more you have, the worse the symptoms will get over time. It's just that's what happens. And that's one of the biggest topics in football is CTE. Yeah. Like, this – I could definitely see Tua getting CTE in the future – because of these two, well, really one major concussion. Yeah. Because you can't even compare it to two concussions, like having it one and another. This is different. This is a concussion on top of a concussion. And it really looked really scary, and I was very frightened for Tua. And I'm not a, I'm not a huge Tua fan. You know this, Zach. Yeah. We, I, we talked about it all the time yeah. in high school. Uh, I was never high on Tua. Until this year when I saw him play and I saw him actually start to show up. And I was getting excited to see what he was in college really translate to the NFL. And it it was just really frightening to see such a great up-and-coming young player get basically uh, dismantled and disfigured on a field like that. Uh, But there is a report, right, that he is... At his home, he's out of the hospital, and everything looks okay. Yeah, he's just in a concussion, like the five stages of concussion or the rehab for it. And then he should be back, depending no setbacks, he should be back in a couple of weeks, hopefully. And I know you're not going to want to talk about the Bengals, but you're one of your best friends, Mitch. Yeah, uh, he, was a, he was a big Bengals fan, yeah. So I think it's only due that they did win. I got my pick wrong for the week because I picked the Dolphins. Yeah. Uh, I, I said last night, uh, I'm riding their coattails, hopping on the bandwagon a little bit, but what did you think of the Bengals? Any takeaways on them? I think the offensive line looked better than they have. I mean, Joe Burrow was on pace to get sacked like record highs. And that's like, I think they stepped up and I'm not, again, I'm as a dolphin fan, I'm not going to say that they looked amazing because Bridgewater almost beat them. I mean, it was a close game till the end. And I think, I mean, their their defense looked good. It was a low-scoring game. They stopped. I mean, Eli Apple did pretty good against Tyreek. Pretty good. I mean, the best you can do against a star like Tyreek. But... Right. And, and like you said, they didn't look amazing. Uh, they didn't look like their Super Bowl contending selves last year, really. They, they still look like they need uh, more to do uh, to really – make it more gelled of a team. Uh, but I thought they're heading in the right direction. Uh, like you mentioned, their O-line looked pretty good, I thought. Uh, mm-hmm. Their defense played really good. Yeah. 
Uh, granted, it was against Bridgewater, but I still think that Bridgewater is a he's a capable quarterback. He's competent. Um, and he was a starter, obviously, a really highly touted uh, rookie as well. Uh, just injuries got the best of him, and he hasn't gotten a, an opportunity in a while. But I do think the Bengals looked better, uh, more complete. They played a complete game last night. They had the lead for most of the game, and then they kept on it and really sealed the deal the last five minutes. Uh, that's when they scored twice, I believe, yeah. in the last five minutes. Yeah. But uh, so that's just a little bit about the Dolphins, Bengals, uh, and Tua's injury. And now it's time for my picks for the week. And, guys, I need I need to catch up here. I already got one pick wrong, and I'm at 19-30 and 30 now on the season. Not very good, right, Zach? You, you can laugh a little bit. So – so the London game, I'm picking the Vikings. Vikings, holy man, look at that Wisconsin accent come out. Vikings uh, over the Saints. Uh, and then the Seahawks at Lions, I'm picking Lions. Jets at Steelers, I'm picking the Jets. Bears at Giants, I'm picking the Giants. Titans at Colts, I'm picking the Colts. Chargers at Texans, I'm picking the Chargers. Browns at Falcons, I'm picking the Browns. Commanders at Cowboys, I'm picking Commanders. Jags at Eagles, I'm picking the Eagles. Bills at Ravens, I'm going with the Bills. Cardinals at Panthers, I'm going with the Panthers. Even though my brother told me to not pick the Panthers, uh, I didn't. Did I last week? I, I'm not even sure. Uh, they all happened so fast. I didn't. I picked the Saints, and uh, the Panthers won, and he told me not to pick them. So I'm picking the Panthers this week, Dawson. Uh Broncos at Raiders. Uh, I'm picking the Raiders to get their first win of the year. Uh, I could see it. And then uh, Patriots at Packers. Uh, I'm picking the Packers. For the Sunday night game, uh, Chiefs at Buccaneers. I'm going with the Chiefs. And for the Monday night game, I'm going Rams over the 49ers. And we'll talk about the Monday night game more uh, next week on Monday. I'll do a, the usual preview of the game and then a review on Tuesday. And we'll see what I'm at. On Monday, I will do my usual uh, check-in of what I'm at. And then we're going to have our the play of the day coming up next. Uh, this has been the Sports with Ships podcast with Zach Fonder yeah. featuring <laughs> on it. So this was the first part of the podcast, and stick around for play of the day. And now back with the second part of the episode with Zach. The Mets will ca- call up. Francisco Alvarez today, catcher. Uh, Alvarez is MLB's pipeline number one prospect in the in the baseball organization MLB, according to Pipeline. Uh, this I think is a power move by the Mets. They basically uh, set, are basically saying, in my opinion, hey, we're one of the best teams in baseball. We're gonna call up this prospect right now before the playoffs. It could be seen as a power move, but it could also be seen as uh, just a September call-up. So you could interpret it two ways. What do you think? I think it's a power move. I think, but at the same time, I think they want to get him experience at the major league level. And they could do it right now. I mean, they're one of the best teams in baseball. And I think they can spare a couple. I don't know. I'm not big into baseball, but I think they can spare a couple of games with him in it 
to give him some experience in uh, trying to get into the major league mindset. And yeah, baseball is not my strong suit either, but I, I have been getting into it more in the past couple of years. Uh, Zach's a Marlin fan, uh, for those wondering. So I, I, it's hard for me to decide if this is a power move or if it's just a standard September call-up. Because the Brewers called up Mitchell, and this is kind of relatable, the Brewers called up Mitchell, and it was inevitable that he was going to get called up in September. So if, the, if they really wanted to do this as a power move... So it could be seen as a power move. But if it wanted to be a power move, I would have thought that they would have brought him up earlier when they were already like the clear division winners, right? But obviously that didn't happen. And now we're in this stalemate of uh, analysts, highly paid analysts, not not an 18-year-old college student, saying that debating over if it's a power move or if it's a September call-up. And I can see it both ways. I really don't think it's a power move. I really don't think it's them saying like, hey, look at us, we're number one. We can call up whoever we want. I really think it's just a standard September call-up, like you said, to try and get him adjusted into the MLB. Um, But yeah, a little bit more on MLB talk. We're going to head over to the Angels in Los Angeles because superstar Shohei Otani came within four outs of throwing the first no-hitter by a two-way player in MLB history. Um... What do you think of Shohei? I think he's an explosive player, both sides. And that, I mean, he's definitely in the run for, I mean, all the awards that he can win. I mean, he's he's really good. Again, baseball's not my strong suit. So, so uh, here's where I, I want to see your opinion, because I know mine. Uh, do you think Shohei deserves MVP, or do you think Judge deserves MVP? I think judge. Okay. That's what, that's what I've been saying on the podcast. Uh, I think what judge is doing is like one of the greatest offensive seasons ever. Yeah. Uh, strictly because of the home runs. Right. But also he's leading in triple crown and AL. And do you know the last player that did win the triple crown? I do not. It was Miguel Cabrera of the Tigers in 2012. I'm pretty sure. So it is uh, 10 years in the making of a triple crown winner. Uh, and it's, it's kind of funny that it's AL, AL, so Tigers, AL, and yeah. now Yankees, AL, if he does win it. But that's just a little bit, uh, not really much in the second part, but we do have one final thing in this part. I'm going to slot it in here. Uh, I'm not going to do the intro for it. I'm just going to address it. Uh, Oshkosh football plays Platteville tomorrow. I will be at the game. I will be uh, keeping up with the stats and stuff. And then I'll have a nice Oshkosh O'Clock segment for Monday, uh, a lengthy report about the game. Um, But this has been the second part, and coming up will be stat of the day and then finally our final rundown. And now, introducing the stat of the day for today's stat of the day one year ago the broncos with teddy bridgewater under center denver had a better record of 3-0 and 
and scored more points of 76. Um, so Broncos country, let's ride. Uh, am I right? Like, come on, Wilson. You're supposed to be a better quarterback, but I'm not going to analyze this one. This is a straightforward, a little shot to Russ and the Broncos, but that's your stat of the day. And now for the final rundown on this Friday, the Celtics have signed Blake Griffin to a one-year deal. DeAndre Swift and Amon-Ra St. Brown are ruled out this weekend. David Montgomery is ruled out for this weekend. Jameis Winston is also ruled out this weekend. And on this day in history, in 1992, the Kansas City Royal George Brett gets four hits to become the 18th person in MLB history to reach 3,000 hits in a career. Uh, A little bit of a recap on the day. We talked about, well, me and Zach talked about Dolphins at Bengals. Along with the Tua injury, we talked, I talked about my Sunday picks. Uh, Me and Zach talked about the Mets uh, calling up MLB's MLB pipeline number one prospect. Uh, We talked about Shohei. Uh, I had a play of the day, a stat of the day, uh, a tiny segment on Oshkosh, not a full Oshkosh o'clock, not enough information for an Oshkosh o'clock. But, uh, yeah, uh, what a day. Uh, What a week, really. Uh, We pumped out two episodes uh, that were 30 minutes plus. And uh, just a really great week in general. This episode is going to be a little bit shorter, but uh, there's really good insight on it. And I just thought it'd be fun to have a high school friend of mine, a real good buddy of mine who loves sports, loves football. Uh, Zach actually plays for Rippin. Um, He got injured and he doesn't really know the future of his career yet. Uh, He's still determining that uh, because his injury was pretty brutal. Um, but Zach, thank you for coming on. I hope you don't mind. I shared a little bit about you. Yeah, of course. Uh, did you have fun at least? Yeah, it was fun. Well, I'm glad you had fun. Uh, maybe you could be on it again if you come up again. Yeah. That, that'd be awesome. Uh, but that will conclude the sports with ships podcast for the week. I hope that you have a fun and safe weekend. I hope you join me again Monday. This has been Dylan Shibs Shabilsky signing off for the week. Thank you for joining me this week. See you Monday where we will have more sports, more topics, and pretty much the same uh, setup as we usually do for Monday. But yeah, peace out guys. Have a safe weekend.